Former CIA station chief Daniel Hoffman joins me to discuss why the Biden administration is ducking questions about China buying land near our military bases. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter show, we'll also discuss how Hoffman's son is courageously raising money for cancer research in honor of his mom. Follow the Sarah Carter show wherever you get your podcasts. Dana Lash here for ARC Seeds. There's a growing sense of instability and uncertainty. Gas, housing, everyday items are way up. Uh, Food prices have the nation reeling. The ability to grow your own healthy food is on almost everybody's mind. So this is why I want to tell you about ARC Seed Kits. You can visit ARC, A-R-K, ARCSeedKits.com and enter code Dana to receive 10% off. Now, ARC Seed Kits, it's a non-GMO seed company. It's family owned and they provide heirloom seeds for across the nation for over 13 years. They want to make sure every home in America has the ability to grow and harvest its own food. Now, these are the highest quality heirloom seeds. They arrive in a sustainable container offering long-term and short-term storage. And they also bring seed-saving knowledge and food preparedness to you and your community. You can get seeds for vegetables and herbs. They have 50,000 organically grown seeds in each kit. Talking corn, watermelon, cucumbers, lettuce, beans, tomatoes, all kinds of stuff designed to grow new nutrient and calorie dense vegetables and fruits to sustain any home at any time. So, and they can be harvested and regrown year after year. You guys know how heirloom seeds work, right? Chaz Chop in Portland didn't. So visit Arc Seed Kits and enter Dana to get your 10% discount code and be on your way to food and economic security, helping you and your family and your community. It's a limited time offer. Visit arcseedkits.com, A-R-K, and order your seed kits and save 10% today. And in 41 states, plus the District of Columbia, the average gasoline price is less than $2.99. Uh, it is not $2.99 across the country. This was also something Biden spent time on this weekend. Listen to this. By the way, it's all his fault that we're spending $6 billion in taxpayer money this month to help AIDS fight HIV AIDS. That's him blaming Elton John for that. Well, it is Elton John's fault. Everything is Elton John's fault. Like, why is Sharon Osbourne talking about U.S. politics? That's also Elton John's fault. I'm going to blame him, too. Welcome to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Happy Monday. Hopefully your weekend was better than mine. So, no, it wasn't COVID. Uh, The, gosh, we got a lot to break down, including a little bit of a deeper dive into some of the, what I'm calling control issues. Because it really does feel, and because there is, this organized effort against the, I mean, really assembly and thus from that organization. So we're going to talk about all of that. But the gas prices, though, I, this, uh, and by the way, welcome, Dana Lashier, your lovable curmudgeon, this Monday, starting your week off correctly. It's less than two ninety nine for gas. Whoo, boy. I mean, that's, that's a pretty lowball number. I mean, it's, there's no state in the union that has that average price of gas. Nothing is under $3. Nothing. Did that get uh, reported on the social internet? Did that get reported as being misinformation? Because I really feel like it should have. Because it was. Yeah, yeah. He well, he got one entity, one entity fact checked him. That's it, one entity, and that was it. At least they. I mean, I guess they. You can't lie to people to that extent. 
So it looks like, and I'm going to dive into this a little bit more uh, deeply when we get into midterms, but just to dovetail, just to latch this on, it looks as though their whole uh, point of making everything about abortion, it kind of looks like it's going up in smoke. It does not look like it's sticking. Their whole push on making everything about abortion doesn't look like it's going very far. We're going to touch on that, too, because we people don't normal average everyday people don't care. They don't. Uh, Also, we have a number of affiliates in Florida, including Tampa, Florida. Now, see, this is where the only upside to this, and I don't mean to make light of the issue, but I know people are stressed out. Everybody's you know, everybody has to raid the stores and the stores are stripped bare. Tampa's bracing for its worst hurricane in 100 years. Now, it's a Category 1. It's Storm Ian. Sidebar, have you ever met anybody named Ian that wasn't a jerk? Think about it for a minute. There's certain people, every jerk you know is named that. I don't know a Trisha that I like. I've never met a woman named Trisha that I've gotten along with. I've never met anybody named Ian that I've gotten along with. Right? There's certain people that have certain names that you're just like, there's something with that. Anyway... So it makes sense that it's named after a jerk because no offense if you're a nice Ian, you're a rarity, you're a unicorn, but it's the worst hurricane in 100 years, 15 foot waves, 135 mile per hour winds. This is different than what was uh, beating up Puerto Rico and Turks and Caicos and everything else. That's This is Fiona's friend Ian. They're all leaving the hurricane party somewhere out in the Atlantic and they're all coming to the United States. State of emergency was called... In fact, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis spoke a little bit ago saying that they have national they've activated National Guard uh, all around Florida, as well as coming from uh, Georgia, Tennessee, I think South Carolina as well to help out. I think he said something like 5000 guardsmen are going to be assisting. So that's a big number. They're prepared. They're ready to go. And they are uh, hopefully hopefully it stays a category one or less. I would hate for it to increase. In strength, but they said that there were lines of Floridians stretching back from supermarket registers through the aisles. They said that if you, they're evacuating everyone that lives near the coastline, they said you have to go twenty, at least twenty miles inland, in order to get away from the winds and the floodwaters. Isn't that amazing? Twenty miles inland. So they said it. It, it will. It's. Uh, they said anything. It's going to strengthen. They said hopefully it won't get worse than a category one because it would be disastrous if it if it did. Uh, so we'll keep our eye on that and bring you uh, any updates too because like I said we have a number of affiliates in Florida and it's it, it seems like though when hurricanes go towards the Gulf side going towards Tampa that's not as usual as them hitting the Atlantic side. At least in my from from what I remember, I remember Hurricane Andrew and everything else. All right, so some of the latest to get into with some politics as we keep our eyes on everything else. Democrats were busy over the weekend. In fact, uh, we also had. I want to get this uh, Hillary Clinton. I am not quite sure her play here, and I was thinking about this when I was reading. I was trying not to be super super involved in politics over the weekend, giving myself a little bit of a break, and we had kids stuff going on and all of this. But this is, it's its the deplorable thing all over again, but then it's more so. Her play, she's continuing, even after Biden got so much backlash, 
I guess she decided that she's going to be the one to double down on it. She was at the Texas Tribune Festival in Austin because she was invited for some reason. And she said that, well, this is she's gone from deplorables to this and audio sound by 10. I remember as a as a young student, you know, trying to figure out how did people get basically um, drawn in by Hitler? How did that happen? And I'd watch newsreels and I'd see this guy standing up there ranting and raving and people shouting and raising their arms. I thought, what's happened to these people? Why did they believe that? You saw the rally in Ohio the other night. Trump is there ranting and raving for uh, more than an hour and you have these rows of young men with their arms raised. I thought, what is going on? So there is a uh, real pressure, and I think, I think it is fair to say we're in a struggle between democracy and autocracy. Wow, so everybody's like Hitler. That's the new deploy. Everyone's like Hitler. I'm just so tired of this, going back to the well. I really am. This is all she has anymore. She has this thing, what is it on, uh, she do the Netflix with her daughter, Chelsea, don't they have? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't care. No. You don't care. Yeah. I Well, I don't really either. I just noticed that I'm wondering if it's going to be like that, too, because she never deviates from this ever. Never deviates from it. All right. So that's the new deplorables. Now, here's this. I'm going to pull this up. Why is the nation so divided? Why is everybody so divided? New headline. Voters divided amid intense fight for control of Congress finds poll. I wonder why people are so divided. Maybe it's because they're called Hitler and Nazis and everything else every day of the week. Yeah, they're extreme MAGA, whatever, Hitler Nazis, Hitler Nazi fascist. We're going to talk about that later. I saw that over the weekend. I've been watching this since last week, the uh, story of the Italian prime minister. We're going to hit that because anything that is not, uh, I'm trying to even describe what uh, total socialist, anything that's not Bernie Sanders Anything that isn't hope and change, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's considered extreme far right. Anything not Democrat, anything not left is considered extreme far right. Everything is. It's annoying. It destroys nuance. You don't ever get to learn about anybody's positions or policies because they want that. They want to taint it by association. If you're trying to find out about someone who that the, the left has titled as being a far-right extremist, well, then you must be a far-right extremist if you're looking into their far-right extremism. Just good heavens. Now, this uh, intense fight, like I said, this poll, voters divided amid intense fight for control of Congress, according to a new Washington Post-ABC News poll. Because it looks as though they're preparing for Congress to shift. And they keep exploring this division. I was watching... A very interesting movie over the weekend that was that kind of was about this, and it was written by uh, what's his name B.J. Novak. He's one of the guys from The Office, and I it was one of those things where I'd watched a string of horror movies, and I'm like, eh, I guess I'll watch something dumb because I'm gonna fall asleep. And I was watching this. It's called Vengeance, and this guy starts out as the most annoying podcaster ever. He's just annoying. They have all the you know, they have all the news speak and all this other stuff. And he ends up, it, it actually is a statement on a couple of things. It's a statement, I think, there's one line, because Ashton Kutcher's in it. And it, it, his whole point was, he had, he had hooked up with this girl, and the girl apparently sold the idea to her family that he was more 
to her than that. And so when she kicked the bucket, they called him. They're like, you need to come out to Texas, uh, come to her funeral. So somehow he ends up in Texas from New York City. And it was a culture shock for him, but amusingly so. And it really didn't. I mean, it really, I think, laid bare complaints about either side, I think. But it was very honest, I thought, particularly when talking about the division, because what he ultimately finds is that he is as much, if not more, of a cause for it than anybody else. And he wrote this and he directed and he acted in it. And there was one line, too, that really got me. And they were talking about division because he was saying he was talking to Ashton Kutcher's character. And he was saying that, uh, well, you did this, so I'm going to write something about I'm going to put this in my podcast. I'm going to talk about it. And uh, people are going to come after you. Come after you. I'm not giving anything away. So calm down. And Kutcher's like, yeah, that's, you know, that's great. That might work for a time. And everybody's going to get involved and everybody's going to do it. But then one person is going to say, yeah, wait a minute. Because, see, everybody has to have a take. If you don't have a take, you don't have a voice. Everybody has to have a take. You know, we use the phrase hot take, by the way, like, you know, facetiously so. But there's something to it. Everybody has to have a take. If nobody has a take, nobody has a voice. So you'll get some contrarian out there. And this is what Kutcher's character was getting into. Who will say, yeah, but let's explain this. Yeah, but. And he said, and then suddenly it's not about me anymore. And then it comes back to being about you. And it comes back to being about, you know, something else. And ultimately, he was saying, you're actually doing the thing that you said that you were setting out to work against with your division. It was very fascinating. But I think that there's something to it. I also think that there's, there's, there, it, it was, it's not just an oversaturation of takes. It's also an oversaturation. I think it's even more. Everybody has to have a take. Everybody has to pass judgment. You don't have a role in society unless you've tossed your stone. And if you haven't tossed your stone, then what's wrong with you? I think that's kind of part of it. We're going to explore that here a little bit more. Also, just to let you know what we have coming up, huge in China. It was unlikely that there was a coup, but something happened. What was it? We're going to discuss that. And also, the vaccine advisor and the FDA is warning the healthy to not get the booster. This after a push the last couple of weeks to normalize myocarditis the new prime minister of italy is being smeared as being far right simply because she defended her identity as a woman and mother let's compare and let's look and see if the left today is as actually fascist as mussolini was back in 1919 let's go and look at that it'll be all kinds of fun folks stop overpaying and let recoil gunworks be your go-to for ammo this is a great indiana based company and it was actually created in a small basement in 2013 small midwest town in their basement and uh, family owned they think like us and they're really known for over at recoil gunworks they're web-based firearms ammo and accessories retailer they're really known for their police trade-in guns in great shape they pick them including the firearms the lights the sights the scopes tasers and more you can buy now pay later no interest and at recoil gunworks they have very very competitive pricing super easy to use website as well just visit recoilgunworks.com slash dana you can search for whatever you need by caliber weight application you can look for brands like winchester federal uh, vast majority of the country by the way has no restrictions 
on receiving ammo and they will note you know they have it all up there very helpfully on their website ammo shipped to your door where legal and they explain that including illinois new jersey and connecticut you need to see the frequently asked questions on that and check the product restrictions page for further state law requirements and restrictions visit recoilgunworks.com slash dana today to get you a full list of products and use code dana to get free shipping on your next order whether you need it in the woods or on the range recoil gunworks gets it there fast and once you make your first order it won't be the last use code dana right now to get free shipping at recoilgunworks.com slash dana and now all of the news you would probably miss it's time for dana's quick five brought to you by caltech all right so in russia where you can't actually get a privately owned firearm 15 dead 24 wounded and a school shooting in moscow uh it, it happened earlier today 15 people wounding 24 others 15 fatalities 24 wounded uh before the murderer killed himself said authorities the shooting took place in school number 88 just right outside of moscow so they said that they they identified the guy and he was wearing a black t-shirt that had nazi symbols all over it so i don't know it's uh but it it does happen other places you don't really hear about it all the time. And they were, remember, they're totally banned there. Lightning strikes. This is a horrible, horrible, terrifying story. A lightning strike killed two boys, one on his 12th birthday after capsizing their rowing boat on, on Orlando Lake. The 13 and 12 year old were thrown overboard. The 13 year old was missing for 24 hours before res- uh, before rescuers discovered his body. The uh, 12th birthday. It, it was his 12th birthday. This, uh, they, and they were. They were on this little boat. They were rowing in Orlando, Florida, and then lightning struck, capsized their vessel, according to the Orlando Fire Department. And so they were uh, they were rowing teammates, and apparently this was something that they enjoyed doing, and they were out there practicing. And oh, it's just heart. It's a heartbreaking freak accident. It's awful. Alec Baldwin faces charges for the rust shooting. Well, he's speculatively going to face charges. Kane looked at me with his eyebrows up. Speculatively. It looks like he will. The Santa Fe prosecutor says she's ready to file charges against four people and that the actor is a possible defendant after he finally handed over his cell phone. This means that nothing will probably happen. And it's because he enjoys white Democrat privilege. I mean, he murdered a woman and then tried to deny that he did it. Elon Musk activates Starlink in Iran as the U.S. lifts sanctions amid protests. And this is all due to their their super theocratic, uh, they, well, they shot and killed a woman because she wasn't going to wear her head covering. SpaceX founder and CEO Elon Musk announced that he's activating the Starlink satellite internet service in Iran because the state cut off access amid the protests sweeping the nation. The announcement came after the Treasury Department issued a general license allowing companies to bolster internet access to Iranians and circumvent state-sponsored efforts to quash dissent. They've they face some severe Internet restrictions, the most stringent since authorities began clashing with protesters in November of 2019. Stay with us. We got a lot more in store. FDA says don't get the booster, at least the vaccine advisor does, and the smearing of the new Italy Italian prime minister. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane 
and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188. Or text DANA to 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text DANA to 998899. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Billion dollars to slash emissions by nearly half. This is a whole new chapter for America and for the planet. And there has to, we money? have to do a lot more. I pledge $11 billion a year to help poor countries fight money? climate change. Working with money? Congress, with your help, we can get this done. Okay, I'm not, wait, is it, uh, surely he's being rich and generous with his own cash. I mean, he's got the money to do it, right? Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon here, starting your week outright this Monday. That was the president of the United States on with Dr. Jill Biden. She's not a real doctor. I'm, you Argue with me, I'll fight you. If you can rearrange guts, you're a doctor. If you got it because you wanted to uh, keep on this intellectual, this cycle of, of, into, uh, academic fail to launch I don't know and you wanted to get your doctorates in like grammar or, or Sanskrit or something like that I just know I just w- want to know who's 11 billion dollars this is for poor countries climate change issues this goes back to what I keep going back to what uh, John Kerry said last week when he was trying to when well he was lecturing African nations to stop using coal and gas and try to get wanted them to go green you know because they can afford all that the a whole new bunch of infrastructure that would be required and then all of the coal and the gas and everything that would be required to build the infrastructure for it to be green and i'm sure that even though they have plentiful resources in 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 africa as well that they all want to be dependent upon china right doesn't sound like something that would go over well doesn't doesn't sound at all hmm i am it's it's amazing to me how it's all a grift all of it is a grift that's what this all is climate change is nothing more than a proxy war of freedom versus statism it's people who want to be free versus a form of communism that's just using this as a as a lever that's it it is a tool for them to use to try to shame you they don't want to live by any of these rules, but that's irrelevant because they're D different. They want you to live by these rules. That's why John Kerry has a, mil- a fleet of private jets. That's why Joe Biden has you know, all that. He has like how many houses? Well, his footprint's crazy. All of these people, it's the same stuff. It's the same hypocrisy. If they really believed it, do you think Barack Obama would be buying beachfront in Hawaii and, and, and Martha's Vineyard? And actually uh, doing what Hawaii actually made illegal to do until they gave some money to the government and... and uh, uh, shore up the coast there, the shoreline right in front of his house in a way that actually is more environmentally damaging than not, but more aesthetically pleasing? No, because it's a sham. 
It is a way to make everyone dumber and poorer and more dependent upon the government. And if you question it, then you're a far-right extremist. If you question anything, you're wanting people to die. Just like with the vaccine. If you questioned anything that had to do with this injection that didn't work, it doesn't, it's not a vaccine. It's a therapeutic in a needle. That's all it is. If it was a vaccine, it would transfer immunity. That's what science is. That's how science works. And we're not going to turn decades upon decades upon decades upon decades of scientific fact backed by a copious amount of evidence. We're not going to turn that on its head just to satiate either Big Pharma and the status that are pushing this as an experiment, not doing it. I went into the doctor over the weekend. Says a little under the weather. It's not Rona. I was under the weather. I was pretty the all weekend. And first thing when I get in there, and I've learned to be. I don't mean to answer combatively. I am just a very forthright person. And and she was very nice. But the nurse that asked me, she's like, "Did you have your coronavirus vaccine?" I go, "Oh yeah, I got it. I was injected by nature." I said it just like that. I was injected by nature. And she kind of looked at me. She's like, "So you?" I go, "Mm hmm." I had I'm like I have already had it and as science dictates I have natural immunity and she's like okay she just wrote it down she's like I am not pursuing this further you can tell by the way somebody asks you whether or not they support it or not you know what I mean if they support the vaccine have you had your vaccine yet yes nature injected me mm-hmm I, I like Juan's response we're corrupting Juan can I read this he goes, do you want to get vaxxed by my middle finger? <laughs> that is the meanest thing I've ever heard him say. Oh, my gosh. Game, we're corrupting him. He's, like, so nice and pure. <laughs> Juan's, been, Juan's been fearful the last month. Man. Juan's, like, he's throwing it down. Holy cow. <laughs> I'm totally stealing that the next time somebody asks me. But this is, have you seen these, we played this last week, this commercial last week, where that was like, what this, this, it was a little girl's voiceover and she was talking about myocarditis. That was disturbing because that is not a usual thing. It's not something that happens like with a lot of people and it's not, it's not common and it's not okay. And it really feels like there's this normalization of it. You have this, this FDA vaccine advisor who's now warning people healthy young people should not get the booster. He says it's unfair to make them take a risk after data suggests the shot was not, of, not as effective as the first batch. Oh, you think? You think so? Dr. Paul Offit, director of the Vaccine Education Center at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and, the member, and a member of FDA's the FDA's vaccine advisory committee said he's not sold on the benefits of a third shot outweighing the harm. But what about the first one? What about the, the second one? What about the third one? He says a healthy young person is unlikely to benefit from a booster dose. Really? He said this in an interview uh, over the weekend. Actually, it was Friday. He said, yeah, they're, they're unlikely to benefit. And it's not fair to ask people to take a risk. Really? But it was, why is it okay to now talk about this now and not then? 
And he says a healthy young person is unlikely to benefit from the extra dose. I heard someone talking today and they're saying, oh, well, you know, the the uh, schools are not hotbeds. We've learned that schools are not hotbeds of uh, transmission. They never have been. We knew this even when everything was locked down. I was going over the statistics. New York had released where everything was being, where, where they said the highest rates of, of transmission were occurring. And it was at grocery stores, shockingly. It wasn't. And I think it was probably the produce, maybe. I just, I have suspicions. You know, I got, re- I got suspicions. It's basically a buffet. You know, when you go and pick out your produce, and I, f- you know, I have feelings about that it's stuff. Shopping uh, it's the shopping carts that are nasty. You had to see me with the shopping cart. I can get it out without even touching it with my hands, turn it around and push it through the store. It's crazy. <sighs> but the whole point is that schools, I think that they were, uh, like down so far down the list they didn't even count for I think one it was maybe one percent or barely over one percent of the transmissions were occurring at schools and those transmissions that were occurring were the adults that were having uh, gather that were having gatherings at home and then coming to school that's what it was schools we knew this we knew this two years ago and they did too they just didn't want to tell you that's the whole thing so they're saying, no, 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 uh, there is, you know, there's uh, healthy young people uh, are unlikely to benefit from the extra dose. And then you're hearing about all of this myocarditis and pericarditis and inflammation of the heart's outer lining and all of this stuff. And they say it really it most often occurs in adolescents and young men. And it can be fatal. And now you're hearing about all of these cases of it to the point where they actually had to record. They had taped a PSA to air. About myocarditis, myocarditis symptoms and when you should get that's insane to me. But this is, they decided to, 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 now they're saying, oh, you healthy young people don't get it after, after they were blaming the youth for killing all the old people. That's, that's absolutely irresponsible. And in Canada, Canada just now has lifted requirements. You can now enter their country without having to have the therapeutic injection. And they finally, I think they're the last people on earth to finally suspend their mask mandate. Listen. We are announcing that the government of Canada will not renew the order in council that expires on September the 30th and will therefore remove all COVID-19 border requirements for all travelers entering Canada. This includes the removal of all federal testing, quarantine and isolation requirements as well as the mandatory submission of health information in a riot camp. Mm. Hmm. So now they finally they've suspended that. I'm curious. I haven't. Um, better late than never. Yeah, better late than never. I'm cu- because one of the places that we like to go and fish and vacation and all that, Turks and Caicos, they've had. You've had to have your. Oh, they still have it. You have to be fully vaccinated, fully vaccinated to even get into their nation. Look at that. You don't have to have the te- negative tests, but you have to be fully vaccinated to enter Turks and Caicos. That's so stupid because it doesn't do anything. It's just it's a help symptoms. It does the same thing essentially as uh, what's the, the, the what was the horse drug? I t- oh, ivermectin. It, it helps to reduce symptoms. How is that different than when doctors were prescribing ivermectin? Because that also reduces symptoms. It didn't it doesn't. I'm not using the word vaccine because it's not. It's an injection. I don't care if you've had it. Just don't lie to me about it. I don't care if you if you want it as a security blanket. I don't care. I'm not going to judge you the way these nut jobs are judging me and everybody else. But don't, you know, don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. It's not this is we're not doing this. 
Now, a judge has ordered members of NYPD who were fired over refusing to be vaccinated. Some of them had already had it and they had natural immunity. And then they were demand people were demanding that they get injected. They were demanding, oh, you you already had it. You literally just got over it. Well, you need to get injected. Oh, you have you have natural immunity. You need this immunity. It's not real immunity unless it comes from the government. Ding. No, your body's not good enough to give you natural immunity. It has to come from the government. The quadruple vaccinated 60-year-old boss of Pfizer, he tested positive for the Rona two times in one month. You know, because the vaccine works so well. He's had four vaccines, four whole vaccines. And imagine, now, you know, I was just telling you about Turks and Caicos. you got to be fully vaccinated to go there. He's fully vaccinated. Imagine him going there, and he gets it anyway and spreads it to everybody. But he thinks that he can go out and do whatever he wants to do, even though he's going out and spreading it to everyone because he's had, quote unquote, the vaccine. You tell me what is more evil. You tell me what is more evil. Believing that this justifies you doing whatever, you know, if we're talking about caring so much about the old people, I can't go out and do whatever I want. Yeah, I haven't been vaccinated. I can go out and do whatever I want. I've been vaccinated, except it doesn't actually work. And he's, imagine him walking around and getting everybody sick. But it's okay because he's been, quote unquote, winky, winky eye vaccinated, except it doesn't actually prevent transmission at all. That's according to the CDC. So what is more evil? Because I have an idea. Certainly. The new prime minister of Italy is being smeared as being evil. Georgia Maloney claims victory to become Italy's, they say, most far-right prime minister since Mussolini. Oh, everything is either Hitler or Mussolini. Oh, oh my gosh. It's crazy. Weeping a nation of the teeth. Oh. Okay, so I and everybody else on God's green earth was looking into this lady over the weekend. I only know a little bit about her. I know more about her party, but I don't know a lot about her. She's not far right she's not far right at all i mean she looks pretty normal they got mad at her because of her speech she her party's the brothers of italy and there's there was a really good piece over uh, by rod dreher who got into the history of her party and he was getting into this you know it's the the, the brothers of Italy and the history of the party and how uh, where it has its roots. And they said that he wrote he wrote for the hundred hundred hundredth time reporting of the U.S. media on the European right is not to be believed. And he's not a right winger. In fact, I don't like him very much. Uh, he says uh, your problem. He's saying that it was the media's problem. Uh, he says it's true that Maloney's party, the Brothers of Italy, has roots in 20th century fascism, but she herself is a standard right wing populist and that she is a social conservative. She opposes gender ideology. She's skeptical of political and economic globalism. She was raised working class in Rome by a single mother. Her father abandoned the family. She holds strong to her Roman accent. He says uh, she gave a 15 minute speech uh, a couple of years ago and she kind of sounded like a moderate. <laughs> Really? I mean, it. it's if she's a fascist, but then remember, everybody, all the left in the United States thinks everyone who isn't them is a fascist. Coming up, we'll explore and see who really is the fascist based on the fascist platform and the American left's platform. 
That's actually going to be a fun exercise. It really will be. Back in the good old days, Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the great country we love. And today, we find ourselves arguing about whether or not our country is great or if we should love America or be ashamed of it. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach about America's great heritage of liberty, presenting them instead with a dishonest narrative of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College, a small Christian classical liberal arts college in southern Michigan, is weighing in for America by offering you free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. With Hillsdale College, you'll study timeless truths in a supportive community dedicated to knowledge of the highest things, provides insight into the nature of God and man, forms character, and defends constitutional government. I encourage all of you to visit DanaForHillsdale.com and enroll today. To begin your free Hillsdale College course, visit DanaForHillsdale.com today. That's DanaForHillsdale.com. Red meat, black coffee, truth-telling. The Dana Show. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter over at Substack and read the fine print. I'm tired of, can I just be really real for a second? I, I have told people this before. There are some people who sign up and they forget that they sign up and then they'll try to report it as fraud and it costs me $100 every time they do this. And I'm like, it's not my responsibility to monitor your stuff. You're, we're conservatives, right? So be a good steward of your own finances. So I'm going to institute a policy that anyone who does it's going to get banned for life because I'm. it's ridiculous. I mean, it, I mean for a mistake that, that someone makes, they expect someone else to pay hundreds of dollars for it. It's ridiculous. Every pop. It's insane. So I'm going to crack down really, really hard. I mean, not just like your email. I'll make you... I'll prevent some, someone who does that from even accessing the newsletter. I'm just like, I'm fed up with it. Come on. We're conservatives. Yes, no. I mean, you're a good steward of your own finances. Yes, no. <sighs> anyway, so this, I'm aggravated because of this headline. So that's why I'm coming into this segment, aggravated. Liz Cheney says she's going to do whatever it takes to stop Donald Trump from becoming the Republican presidential nominee. Guys, how tired are you of her saying this? Has she said anything, proposed anything at all whatsoever? I'm just asking, in the last couple of months, just check your memories. Has she proposed anything to help fight inflation as you feel it? Has she proposed anything to help bring down your gas prices? Has she proposed anything to help parents get an edge in finding the schools for control of their kids? I don't recall any of this. Energy independence, I haven't seen it. Everything that she's done has been about this. Sounds like she says if if he became a Republican, she says that she wouldn't she wouldn't be a Republican or if he became president, she would be a Republican. It sounds like she's not a Republican now. She sounds like a Democrat. Stay with us. We got more in store. Second hour on the way. I've talked a lot about the Caltech KSG shotgun over the years, and it's no secret how much I love it. It's become the go-to shotgun for law enforcement and home defense, and for a really good reason. Uh, but why am I such a huge fan of the Caltech KSG? Well, like everything that Caltech invents, it created an entirely new class of shotgun, and the one that started it all is the KSG shotgun. It's the first 12-gauge pump-action shotgun chambered for three-inch shells. And with its dual tube mags, offers a capacity of 12 plus 1. So that's six rounds in each tube plus one chambered. 
If you prefer two and three quarter inch shells, even better because the KSG holds seven plus seven plus one. That's 15 shells. You cannot ignore the downward shell ejection either. It makes the KSG truly ambidextrous and ejects shells away from your face. It's brilliant design. See the Keltec KSG up close and personal at KeltecWeapons.com. That's K E L T E C Weapons.com. Again, to find out more, visit KeltecWeapons.com. This picking and choosing and using the power of government to go after Americans simply because they have a different political view is going to stop. Mm. We're going to provide accountability regardless wherever it is, regardless of party. So that's uh, Kevin McCarthy, who is the minority leader there in the House. Welcome back to the radio program. Dana Lash here with you. Top of our second hour this Monday afternoon, ladies and gents, getting you set up for the week. And that is true. Everything he says about the DOJ going rogue, essentially weaponized to target people over political dissent, because they're now political dissent is now viewed as being a national security issue. Have you noticed that? It's insane. Dissent is a, is, is a is part of this, the construct of this nation. It's not it's not domestic terrorism. It's not a national security concern, but that's the way that it's treated. Tyrants will do whatever they have to in order to maintain power, in order to keep control. And this is it. By, class, by classifying it as, as domestic terrorism, presenting dissent as a national security issue, they can suppress dissent. By presenting any kind of organization, they've been doing this since the Tea Party. I remember the Tea Party days. I remember specifically there was an, uh, it was actually a bunch of elderly Americans who went out and it had to be, it was near some retirement center or something that Barack Obama was making an appearance at. And the footage that came out of this was insane. There were little old ladies that were sitting in their lawn chairs and they had, you know, their, some of them had their canes and their parasols and all that. And they had a SWAT team that they sent out. This has been going on for quite a long time. It's been building. I think it's really, it, it became incredibly noticeable, at least, you know, to me. I, I mean, I wasn't on the ground, you know, er, any earlier than my, than my 20s, really. But with the Tea Party movement, I could really see that effort to quell, not assembly, but organization to dissent. They really went after it. And it's just gotten worse. They expanded on it with the IRS targeting groups. And then you have this guy. This came from Town Hall. A Catholic pro-life speaker was raided by the FBI as his kids watched in horror. Now, yes, Town Hall is a conservative entity, but they're not really full of hyperbole. I mean, they're, they're pretty... Pretty, you know, nuanced with stuff. The guy's name, Mark Hook, was charged with violating the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act due to a claimed, quote, attack of a patient escort. Now, the case was thrown out previously, thrown out of district court in Philadelphia, Town Hall reported. And it was weirdly, mysteriously picked up by the uber woke tyrant, little short stack himself, Merrick Garland. Now, Mark Hook's uh, wife told uh, the press that a SWAT team of about 25 to 30 agents and 15 vehicles swarmed their house at 7 a.m. They were all armed. They pounded the door. 
pounded on the door, demanding they open it. The husband was trying to calm down the kids before opening the door. He was saying, I have seven, I have seven kids in the house, please. And they pointed their guns at everybody when they came in and said they were going to take Cook away regardless of whether they had a warrant. This is what they're saying. And then when the wife accused the agents of kidnapping her husband without a warrant, they agreed to show it to him. And she said, she told them, you can't just come to a person's house and kidnap them at gunpoint. He was accused of assaulting a man twice because the man was a a a volunteer at an abortion clinic, except it was thrown out of court. It apparently didn't happen. And so his wife said that there was a pro-abortion activist who would go there and scream inappropriate things whenever Hook would uh, counsel people on the sidewalk. And she said the husband apparently told the man who kept getting in his face and getting in his personal space. And at some point, uh, because he had a son there, which sidebar, I do not agree with taking kids to all protest. Certain protests are just for adults, right? Just like drag bun- kids don't belong at drag brunches. All right, kids don't belong at every protest, especially if you know it's going to be heated. That's just good parenting. It's not politics. But regardless, this grown man kept getting into Hook's face and apparently getting close to his son, and he shoved the protester away from his son. And that's when they said, oh, he had no injuries, nothing. He tried suing the guy, but he couldn't prove any injuries, and they threw it out. And so now Merrick Garland took it, even though it didn't actually work in court. Now Merrick Garland took it and he's going to use this guy as an example because that's all they have. They have nothing else, literally nothing else. That's all they have. And so they raided the guy's house over this. Why? Because they needed to make, they needed a scapegoat for their abortion issue because that's all they have to go into midterms with. Even though the support for it is dwindling in terms of as a top issue, people are just... People can't afford their gas. They're not going to sit here and rage on behalf of Democrats for abortion as birth control on demand when over 99% of abortions by Planned Parenthood's own statistics are actually forms of birth control. And I'll say this every time it comes up, less than 1% are for rape or incest. And yet that less than 1% is used universally as the measure, which is insane. So this, um, they've been going after it. So they went after this guy, raided his house. And he's being charged by Biden's DOJ. He could be up to over a decade in prison. All because a grown Planned Parenthood supporter uh, got in his kid's face, got in his personal space, and the dad protected his child. Apparently, according to witnesses, the adult Planned Parenthood guy was calling his son the F word for gay people. (sighs) So that's that's crazy. And it was, it's under this really obscure law that is never actually exercised. So he had 30 agents show up at his house. By the way, I'm going to say this again. I, bla- I, I back good enforcement of constitutional law. I don't back any outfit universally, including the 30 agents that raided this guy's house. You got to be careful. There's nuance here. Here you have... All of these these pro these these pregnancy centers that offer assistance for women who are pregnant, but because they don't offer abortion, they're apparently getting firebombed. You've had almost over well, you've had over ninety attacks on these pregnancy centers 
Uh, a number of them have been firebombs. There's no investigation by the DOJ into this. Nobody's been charged. There's no, there's no real push. Nothing. There are absolutely different tiers of justice. And that's just one example. I mean, a, a parents and school boards, you're not allowed. They don't want you to organize. Remember, dissent is a national security issue. Thus, if you're organizing with people to conduct what they think is a national security issue, you're a whole terror group, so you can't get together. You had the FBI whistleblower that we talked about last week who said SWAT teams are being misused. This pro-life dad is one example of that. One example of that. And it's happening more and more. But then when you have something like this, well, how Matt Gates? remember they were going after Matt Gates and they were trying to say that he was like this trafficker and he had a, they were trying to go after him with money and then it ended up he was totally vindicated in court. You had DOJ prosecutors who were trying to go after him, even though there, there was, it was well known that there was insufficient evidence to do so. Glenn Greenwald had a whole thread on it. The whole point was that Gates supported MAGA, and that was enough for them. That's a national security issue. It's, your, it's an attack on your right to peacefully assemble. It is a way to prevent you from organizing. That's what this is. It is entirely a way to do that. They will do, people, the far left will do whatever is needed to do in order to poison any future, anybody's association with you in the future. Like what they're doing to the Prime Minister of Italy right now, the new one, Georgia Maloney. We talked a little bit about her last hour. She's, uh, they say, oh, she's the most far right Prime Minister out there. I thought the future was female, though. Conservative. Yeah. I thought the future was female. It's interesting because um, this, I was looking at uh, a couple of things, Tom Elliott, and then I was also looking at actually what they stood for. What did, what did Italy's fascists stand for? Since you've had all of these, these uh, media entities try to write this off, write her off as this far right, Mussolini-loving PM, new PM. I mean, he founded the fascist party. His platform is very interesting, and it sounds pretty similar to some things that I've seen here. The Guardian has a great write-up on the platform of Mussolini. There's a couple of the, there's a couple of these out there. And when you look at what they believe in, they also believed in lowering the voting age. They also believed in uh, uh, a minimum wage, like uh, lowering the lowering the minimum voting wage. They also believed in what is it? I guess the, the beginning of a universal income. They wanted a national council to handle everything. They didn't want a Senate in Mussolini's platform. They wanted a council that handled everything from industry to commerce to culture to labor. They looked at expanding Italy's power in opposition to any other form of foreign imperialism. They wanted to control how long people worked and how they worked. It sounds, and, and contract working, when you think of gig jobs, it sounds very similar. They wanted 
to take over people's land, to cultivate their lands and have them expropri- uh, expropriated and given to different cooperatives. Wow, what are we, where are we seeing that at with ESG, with Netherlands and Sri Lanka? You don't know how to farm your land. We'll, we're the government. We're bureaucrats. We have no experience in this, but we're going to do it for you. They wanted to control the schools and the education for the, quote, proletariat's moral and cultural condition. They wanted a progressive tax on the witch, on the rich so that uh, people could. Well, it's basically the 1919 version of pay your fair share. Everything that's in their platform, weirdly, sounds very similar. Very similar indeed. Huh? Imagine that. And that's another thing that people don't realize. Something that's right-wing in Europe does not mean it's right-wing in the United States. You're going by the founding documents. That is the, that's the basis on which you determine whether or not someone is right or left. By applying that same definition to Europe or anything else, you're, you're essentially trying to superimpose on those nations our definitions based on our founding documents when our documents differ greatly from theirs it is a stupid anti-intellectual move to try to make the argument for you know leftist this leftist cause or this leftist narrative that doesn't make any sense i mean italy's their constitution's vastly different from ours so is russia's not ever just not everything The far right in the United States is not the far right in Europe. It's not the far right in Russia. It's not the far right in the UK. I mean, Mussolini, everything on him, he was a leftist. This is what the left loves. The power of the state, the power of authority, controlling the schools, controlling the wage, controlling commerce, controlling farms, controlling travel, controlling speech, everything. Who does that sound like to you here in the United States? Because it sure as hell doesn't sound like the people who want the government to leave them alone, i.e. conservatives. Their platform is indistinguishable from the left. Because they are not the right. I have more on this too. Because they are trying so hard to make this stick. I don't think it's going to. I don't think that they're going to be super successful. Coming up. If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Visit patriotmobile.com Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation using offer code Dana. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement, make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. Patriotmobile.com Dana. That's patriotmobile.com Dana, 972-PATRIOT. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So, James Bond's Aston Martin, the specially built stunt car that was specifically featured in No Time Left to Die. Daniel Craig drove it. Remember, he was in the, uh, uh, gosh, uh, 
I can't remember the Italian village. It's actually a village. And he did the whole 360, and you had like 50 cows that popped out of the headlights and all this stuff. Anyway, it's going to go up for auction in London. And it's a two-part charity sale. They're thinking that it's going to go for $2.1 million. Now, you may think that's a lot, but does it come with the guns? That's all I'm asking. If it comes with all the guns, that's a wise investment, ladies and gentlemen. A wise investment indeed. Mm. Uh, also, NASA is, is about to crash a spacecraft into an asteroid. I don't want to close my eyes. The first of its kind mission called DART. It's a true test of whether one day they're actually going to be able to you know, blow up an asteroid if it's on a fatal collision course with Earth. And in Arizona, a woman was arrested after making $8 million smuggling people. Former CIA station chief Daniel Hoffman joins me to discuss why the Biden administration is ducking questions about China buying land near our military bases. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, we'll also discuss what's going to happen in Russia, Biden's weak approach to Iran, and how Hoffman's son is courageously raising money for cancer research after his mom, Hoffman's wife, passed away last year. Follow The Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Yeah, look, I think that Democrats, if the election is about uh, who is the most extreme, um, as we saw, you know, Kevin McCarthy touch on there with Marjorie Taylor Greene, I'll say her name, sitting over his left side, then they're going to win. If it is a referendum on the president, they will lose, and they know that. They also know that crime is a huge vulnerability for Democrats. Mm. I would say one of the biggest vulnerabilities. Yeah, it is a huge vulnerability for Democrats. Welcome back to the program. That was Jen Psaki talking about Biden. And he's a drag to everybody on midterms, which is only just really forecasting how bad this is going to be for him in 2024. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash with you. Our midterm report, which we are now doing every show in the lead up to November's midterm elections. Now, she hit on something. I, I mean, never say this. I'm never I will give credit where due, even if it's insane. But she's not. She's the opposite of incorrect here. That's as close as I'm going to get. And I really feel like I should get some accolades, Kane. I need acknowledgement. I respond to positive reinforcement. Negativity just makes me dig in. Kudos to you. Thank you. I feel really good about myself. And I did it during my birthday week, too. It's so great. You've got so, beach ball-sized lady nuts on you coming in all kamikaze like that. It's my favorite soundbite ever. Negan's the best. I mean, really, he is. All right, so <laughs> she's the opposite of incorrect here. What she's saying is actually is 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 true, and they cannot. Democrats cannot afford to make this a referendum on Biden, which is why they're scrambling to find something, anything else they can grab. Oh my gosh, what can they use? Could it be my abortion? Can't be crime because, uh, well, I don't know if you've seen some of this. So what is it? I have the story in New Orleans. What, in New Orleans, aren't they, uh, they're actually begging people to come and police their own city? Because they ran everybody, you can't, they can't recruit anyone, which isn't a huge shocker. They can't recruit anybody because they've really just destroyed uh, morale for police and support. They have insane amounts of crime. Crime has skyrocketed in a number of American cities. This is one of the things that is affecting them. Now, 
There's a new poll from Washington Post, and the polling is all over the place right now. If you look at 538, they're saying, well, Republicans' chances aren't, aren't really that great. Republican chances, Karen. Based on what? One of the things that I've been looking at a lot, and that's why I like to go to RCP, I think they do a really good job with their averages because they include the local and state polls. They don't include just the national um, polling firms that do, you know, I think a crappy job of balancing their sample sizes, et cetera, et cetera, uh, in order for, you know, to get some kind of narrative. I think they're really, those are like some of the better gauges of, of voter interest, registered voter interest. But I think this is perhaps, this goes along with what I have seen. The new, there's a new Washington Post ABC poll and Biden's approval is still in really low, 39%. Super low. Uh, specifically on the economy, it's even lower than that at 36%. And when voters were asked, and this was maybe plus two, let me look at my notes on this. I think this was just, I mean, it's not enough. There, there's really no oversampling that I would complain about. Um, they said, which party do you trust more on the economy? Oh, my gosh. It was the GOP by a ridiculous margin. And when, now here's the key. They said, which, which party, and I, this is kind of a weird question to, to ask. They were saying, well, which party do you trust more uh, on the economy? And, you know, no surprise, they, they said Republicans. Then they go, well, which, which party do you trust more on abortion? Only like 17 compared to plus 117 for economy. It was plus 17 for abortion Democrats. Crime, GOP plus 22. Nuts. Like GOP on economy had basically like a thousand percent. It was insane. And abortion, nobody cared. Even the Democrats who were sampled for this, they rated that below everything, even below climate. Any kind of concern. Now, these are these are Democrats that are saying they actually value abortion less than, or the issue of it, less than climate, which still bothers me, but they're trying to make climate and abortion their big thing going in. 93% say that they were upset about inflation. I mean, it's, it is, it's pretty unbelievable. And I think they only had, yeah, I was right. They had like plus two uh, Democrats sampled or, or G- G- a Republican sampled. So it was only a sample size of like two, you know, two. That was it. That was over. But it was a very interesting, very interesting poll. So it's not, they have no, the obsession with abortion and that focus on it, while Democrats in the media and everybody else focuses on that, that's not where their base is. That's not where they are. That's that's hugely important going in because that's what Democrats are making their entire platform about and going into November. Everything is about that and climate. Now, here's the problem with the climate issue. You have Biden out there and and Jennifer Granholm. I don't know where their transportation secretary is. He might be off again. Who the hell knows? But they keep saying, oh, this it's it's you. Everybody just needs to go to EVs. Everybody just needs to do this. When you look at Europe, particularly France, for instance, and Germany, I mean, these are pretty leftist countries that really championed. I mean, you had the Paris Accords. They really, really championed uh, green, quote unquote, green energy. They they championed moving to EVs. They wanted to get they were the first to start getting rid of their coal and, and gas and all this other stuff. And 
Now look at them. They can't, they, they're actually, they stopped shutting down, I think this was in Germany, uh, their coal plants, and they actually, I think, reopened two of them because they needed to push back against the loss of LNG from Russia, who's using their pipelines as, you know, a weapon, which we every, we've been telling you this for two years now over that. So look at the position that they got themselves in. You can't lie to people about this stuff. So people, even people who really want to do good by the environment, they're now having to reconcile. Is this actually better for the environment, particularly as more news comes out about how green isn't actually green? It's just hidden. It is in some respect, it's in some respects, it's actually worse. In some respects, it's not. I'll be fair. But don't talk to me about environmental recovery when you are looking at some of these mines. You know, look at compared to I, 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 it's just it's just there's a massive difference. And it's very difficult to extract a lot of these rare earth elements, which is why, um, you know, China and elsewhere, they have no protections. It's dangerous. It's poisonous. But the whole thing is that it's not green, it's hidden. And people are waking up to this more and more. They also see the expense associated with it. Now imagine right now, Florida was all EVs. Imagine. And you were trying to get away from Hurricane Ian. If you're one of the people, and we know people in Tampa, and I'm, we're praying for all of y'all in Florida, particularly Tampa and that whole area, because I know y'all are going to get hit pretty hard. Uh... Imagine if you were in an EV and you're trying to flee. You're trying to go to go 20 miles inward as being as you were told by emergency services and the governor. Imagine waiting to charge up your electric vehicle while fleeing. And then imagine after the storm, you need to get somewhere. You need to get back and check on your property. You need to maybe you have an emergency of your own. Maybe half the state is without power. Like what happened in Puerto Rico after Hurricane Fiona came in, where the whole island, except for, what, 25% of them were, had power? That was it? Imagine having an EV and trying to get somewhere. This is my point. You can never have e- electric everything without having a gas backup. It will never happen. Ever. That's just the reality of our natural law. And people are recognizing this very slowly. Now, a few other things. As I said, the, the polls are kind of everywhere. So 538 is still going. The polls don't show a GOP bounce back. I don't know how they're seeing this. And here's why. I'm, when I look at the, the seven Senate seats that we have been watching, when I look at these seats, when I look at you know, Nevada and Georgia and Pennsylvania, Nevada particularly, there's been a lot of gains made in Nevada. And... In Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's weird. I don't know what's going on there. So let me set that aside. But there's, I mean, Adam Laxalt really closed the gap with Catherine Cortez Masto. And she has spent millions and millions of dollars. And now he's within her margin of error. And that seat could flip. And Georgia, within the margin of error. I mean, this goes on and on and on. In Ohio, I mean, these are... These are candidates that Republican candidates that have made uh, have closed a lot of ground, gained a lot of ground just in the short time because they're campaigning smart. And I think ignoring that, that is a bounce back because these candidates were the underdogs. These were all the underdogs going into this.
I don't buy that, but I also don't want people to be so confident going into midterms that you don't show up. In 2010, I don't know, that was a very historic midterm election because the turnout was super high. That was the first time that I did campaign analysis. And I did, the first time I ever did election analysis was for ABC. And it was very weird because here I was this girl from Missouri. I went up to New York. And it was, I think, my only second time being in New York. And went up and I was on with Diane Sawyer and George Stephanopoulos. And Jennifer Granholm, interestingly enough. The now DOE had, was there. Uh, along with some other guy, I can't remember his name. Uh, Donna Brazil. And I was there because the Tea Party. Because the, I, it, it was amazing to watch the gains, especially in these house races. And we had like real-time data from all these different Secretary of State's offices coming in from around the country. And it was amazing to see the turnout. The enthusiasm was like three to one Republicans to Democrats. There was so much enthusiasm. It was amazing to say, oh man, it was like George Stephanopoulos and Diane Sawyer were kind of, it's, I will say Sawyer was never mean to me at all. Uh, Stephanopoulos really wasn't either, but I could tell that there was a pall over the set because this was great. I was, I was elated. I couldn't even hide my joy. I'm there on ABC like, yeah, this is great. It was great. That was such a historic midterm because the enthusiasm and the turnout Voters sent such a message that it knocked the establishment back on their ass. That is what happened. After that, and I can say this with full insight into behind the scenes, at first, establishment people in D.C. were not having anything to do with grassroots. After that election, they began asking grassroots, what can we do better? After that election... In many instances, we're kind of getting back there. I want this midterm to be just as historic and as much of a decision as 2010. Because I think that there was even a greater, there was even a greater margin, I think, than uh, the one that got Newt Speaker of the House back in the 90s, if I'm not mistaken. Interesting stuff. It's his life mission. To make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. I am fascinated by the story from the Palm Beach Post. So every now and then we get these scooter stories. Now we had one, I think last month, of a guy on a scooter outside of like a grocery store. This time, this guy, uh, a drunk drunk Florida man named Aaron Gregory, he got a DUI inside, inside of a Walmart. And I think it actually said specifically aisle five. They said a 39-year-old man had been charged with a DUI inside of a Florida Walmart. He was booked for operating a motorized scooter inside the store while being drunk. He'd been drinking vodka. And he was running his scooter into shelves and knocking down merchandise. You can get a DUI on a scooter in a Walmart? Things I didn't know. Who didn't have that on their bingo card? For 2022, I didn't, but for real, you can't. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to get drunk and go ride around on a scooter inside of a Walmart, but I didn't know that that could happen, that you could actually get a DUI on it. I am fascinated by how far that law goes, right? 
Good heavens. So anyway, he he got in lots of trouble and he was they said that apparently uh yeah, they do will they do and they will charge in in-store scooter drivers with DUIs if they are drunk. They said it doesn't necessarily have to be a car or truck. I mean, there've been people on horseback, haven't they? That gotten Yeah. yeah. A man attempts to run over bouncers after he was kicked out of a downtown Fort Myers bar. Hoo-hoo-hoo. He crashed into the building instead. Didn't run over the bouncers. You know, he was kicked out of the Sky Bar, and Alberto Lopez hopped back in his car, backed up, and intentionally drove towards the bouncers. Everyone, everyone was able to move out of the way. So he just ran his car into the building. So he was brought to the hospital as a precaution, then he's in Lee County Jail. That's not just... Jeez. Now, I have two different stories that I thought were the same, and they're not. So the first one comes from Times Now News. It says, a man with a blood alcohol content over four times the legal limit drove into the ditch, and they kept saying, we're going to be okay. He's a Florida man who was, who was uh, cited with a DUI on Thursday. He crashed into a ditch filled with water. Oh, my gosh. You know there's gators in there. And Highway Florida Patrol said his alcohol level was four and a half times the legal limit. Well, there was this, then there was this guy from St. Petersburg who was also arrested for driving under the influence. Two totally different dudes. And he was in the car, keysing the ignition. He had crashed into some small trees. And he had, uh, I think his was like three times over. This is crazy. Stop doing this. Stop doing this. One was on a Saturday, one was on a Thursday. So, good heavens. Tomorrow we'll talk about the fight at the Chuck E. Cheese in Florida, man. We got our third hour on the way. Stick with us. If you didn't know, you'd think that the crowd didn't like Nancy Pelosi. It's not, well, they don't because they were booing her. She made this appearance at this like musical event or whatever. I don't know what it was. One World something. Blah, 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 blah. And she was booed. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Happy Monday here at the top of our third hour. To be honest, I don't want to hear no politician when I'm there to see music, like a, a musical act either. I don't care who you are. Right. Like I'm trying to get away from you. Why are you showing up on my stage? I'm trying to watch some people. Why are you showing up on the stage? Golly. Nobody wants to hear that. Not everything has to be politicized. Speaking of hyper politicized, this militant trans movement. These headlines are crazy that have been coming out the past couple of weeks. Last week I was telling you the dude, regardless what this isn't about what you think about gays or lesbians. This is not about that. This is the whole intention of the left. There are a lot of these these groups and different minority groups that I that have been sold a line of sweet, sweet poison, thinking that this is the side that's inclusive. This is the side that is going to be that's going to work for me, et cetera, et cetera. And now you see what's happening with the left, with the with the this militant trans movement. There was the guy, the literal guy. I don't know his name. I saw the video. He's the he's some dude who founded the whole gay quote unquote pride thing in March was beaten in the street by trans activists because he refused to deny that women are women and men are men. And they beat him on camera in the street. 
And then you had the Gays Against Groomers account. Did you guys hear about this? So there are Gays Against Groomers that have been fighting the militant trans everything. And they had uh, their, what was it, on PayPal? Yeah, they had their account on PayPal suspended. Because they were raising, they were raising funds and, and helping the cause to fight against the militant trans stuff. And it was an organ, Gays Against Groomers, an organization from Daily Wire, comprised entirely of gay, lesbian, and bisexual people, even transgender people. Launched in 2022, they've been attracting followers to the cause and fighting against every, all of this, this stuff, this militant stuff. And PayPal dropped them. They dropped them. They and then they PayPal last week. Uh, they've been like throwing their weight around a little bit about gender identity. They even went after what uh, Phoenix Suns owner. I mean, this is just unbelievable. How much this is? This is just crazy. So this was audio soundbite one. This was a speech at a California school board meeting from. One of the members of Gays Against Groomers. This is straight 43 seconds of fire. Listen. Good evening. My name is Mario Presents, and I'm here as a representative from Gays Against Groomers Coalition with over 250,000 followers across social media and as the uncle of two students in your district. It has come to our attention that the district intends to teach transgenderism to children under the age of 10 without parental consent. If I were to teach your child about my sexuality without your consent or involvement, I'd be arrested. But when the school district does it, it's education. Districts are teaching transgenderism when they should be teaching science, math, and language. Instead, teachers are hiding student pronouns from their parents under the guise of gender affirmation. Can you imagine the uproar if schools were evangelizing or baptizing children without parental consent? Isn't that sort of what you're doing? You don't tuck these children in at night, you don't teach them to stand up to bullies, you don't pay their medical bills, and you certainly don't hold their hands in the hospital. These parents do. Simple truths based in science need to be upheld for our society to flourish. The gross indoctrination we're seeing is creating a lifetime of medication and hormones because you can't simply pause puberty. Men cannot become women and sex chromosomes are encoded into the fabric of our DNA. Simply affirming a teenager's gender is akin to affirming anorexia. Both are body dysmorphic disorders, yet we don't teach the starving teenagers how to binge and purge or affirm that they are indeed overweight. However, school districts, including yours, seem to have no issue secretly teaching girls that they can be boys because they feel uncomfortable in their bodies. A grown adult woman can't get a hysterectomy without extensive medical forms and doctor's visits. But Dr. Safir over the hill in Sherman Oaks is willing to do top and bottom surgery, sterilizing children for life. Parents must be a part of the education process when teaching sexuality to students, and it definitely doesn't need to happen under the age of 10 years old. Oh, preach, preach, Mario. He is exactly right. That's an uncle who's standing up for his family in that school district, and that's true. He's a fascist. Isn't that what the media will say? Oh, they have said it. It's fascism. Speaking out for, against the state. Speaking out against... The things that you can't control or the, or the things that you can't criticize are, as Orwell said, that's what ultimately controls you. Just find out what you can't criticize and that's, the, that's what controls you. Those are the, the people ruthlessly in charge. He is exactly right on this. It is becoming 
it's it this is it, there's so many things wrong with this i have a couple of things here let me get into this the story of what's her what's his face leah thomas i was looking at this there's been um there's been a couple of interviews with some of the female swimmers on the female swim team who have been forced to share a locker room with leah thomas they're not comfortable but their comfort is considered to be irrelevant that's that's the whole thing parents are irrelevant people women who are uncomfortable with this are irrelevant men who are uncomfortable with this are irrelevant you just have to support it daily caller has the story today a top trans medical organization recommends castration for hey ken there's a new identity eunuch identity i've never even heard of this what is that they want to remove all male genitals dudes who want to take away all their male stuff their frankenbeans all the other masculine attributes everything else they are listed alongside gender identities and sexual conditions like non-binary and intersex in the eight edition of what they call WPATH, W-P-A-T-H, which is the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. It sounds like a wrestling organization. And in this corner, he removed his frankenbeans as well as all other masculine attributes. It is the super eunuch. I mean, seriously, it fits. I thought that Mario, who's with Gays Against Grimmers there, he made a very fantastic point. It is gender dysmorphia disorder. I do think so much of this is mental, and I think a lot of it's copycat. And I think that social media plays into a major part of the copycat. They definitely, this encouragement of it, I think is, and especially in the classroom by some of these teachers, but it is a mental issue. And the great point that he made was anorexia is also body uh, dysmorphia this is this gender issues body dysmorphia bulimia is body dysmorphia and he said and you don't affirm that someone is fat or encourage them to starve themselves or binge eat you don't do that that's you don't affirm that and make the situation worse so why is it allowed here it's identity this is one of the things that that mp said in her speech the new Italian prime minister. She said, you become just a genderless, roleless person. Your pronouns don't matter. You are just a consumer. Consumer number one, consumer number two. It doesn't matter if you're a mother. The other thing that I was thinking about this, and I don't mean to totally deep dive on this, but isn't there a point? Because doesn't consumerism... And I, and I don't say this as a challenge to her. I'd rather pivot off of that to explore it deeper. It does create sort of identity-less consumers. But at some point, surely consumerism intervenes because they want to make money. If everyone's the same, you have less opportunities to make money, correct? You can't market to to differences in sexes you can't market to differences in roles you can't market to differences in people and that's not siloing people away from each other it's simply recognizing that there are you know differences within the unity but at some point there i i mean when you look at it they lose money on this don't they 
You see what I'm saying? Eunuch identity. That's something new. It's so incredible. This is just all incredibly troubling. That with the, I'm going to tell you, nothing enrages me more than to hear about quote unquote top and bottom surgery. If an adult wants to have themselves operated on completely unnecessarily, I still think it's, I would dissuade them and I think it is a mental issue. And I don't say that to be cruel. But that's an adult that's making a decision. And hopefully, I don't think that when you're kids, when these people are, when we're talking about children, gender reassignment. This is not an informed decision. None of these people are allowing the minor in the center of this to make an informed decision. Are you telling me that you've explained to the 14-year-old whose breast you're cutting off what this actually means as she gets older? Or if you're dosing her with tons of hormones, how some of those hormone imbalances can actually lead to cancer? That estrogen can fuel cancer? They are setting these kids up. It's like a, I mean, in some ways, it's a form of genocide. It is mass mutilation that is medically unnecessary. The doctors that are practicing this should have their licenses pulled. You can't, that's not an informed decision. For having a, a, a young woman, a minor who is still going through puberty, bottom surgery to have her uterus removed, they target everything that makes her a woman and they think that that's going to do it because the left thinks that that's all women are. They think they're only, well, they're only vaginas, they're only breasts. How sexist. If you want to have a discussion about sexism, it is the inherent sexism that is driving this. Oh, well, you cut off her boobs and uh, sew her vagina together and, uh, you know, she can be a dude. Take out her stuff. She's a dude. No, she's not. She's now a traumatized, mutilated female. That doesn't, and you've made her life a living hell because she's going to have to be on medicine for the rest of her life. She's going to be dealing with issues for the rest of her life and she will have medical issues forever and making a decision that young you're telling me that teenagers can't carry rifles and you don't want them to go hunting but they can irrevocably change their bodies like this that they're informed enough to do this but not that it's completely logically inconsistent it is it's grooming and mutilation and it's disgusting it is abusive it is child abuse the end there's no excuse for it. Oh, I get so mad with this. You have, you have cancer patients out there, cancer patients who can't get help with their bills or can't afford treatment. But they want to make this to be something that is considered healthcare access and should be footed by the taxpayer. I have no words. No words. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Well, 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 in Pennsylvania, a local man has broken the record for the heaviest pumpkin ever grown. Holy wow. This is crazy. Eric Sundstrom and his family in Harrison City grew a pumpkin that weighs, now hold on, 2,405 pounds. He said he spent 30 hours per week over the past month taking care of it ahead of the festival. 
it beat the previous record holder by 46 pounds. What kind of pumpkins y'all growing in Pennsylvania? Are those some arc seed pumpkins? I'm just like curious. Oh my gosh. That's, that's, you know how many, I'm immediately thinking of the pies and this pumpkin souffles and everything else you could get out of that. I want to bake that sucker up. That's a big jack-o'-lantern too. Oh my gosh. That's an amazing jack-o'-lantern. Uh, former Circle K employee says she was fired for defending herself during a robbery. God love her. She's 74 years old. And she says, I went on and beyond what they expected of me. And so when new management took over, she said they treated her badly. She worked there dependably for 16 years. She was working a night shift. She said, I just wanted this person out there, out out of the store. Guy came in asking for cigarettes. It was clear he didn't plan on paying for them. And he kept kept insisting to her, you have to give them to me. When she refused, he went behind the counter and was going to go at her. And she defended herself. She pushed him back. And he was charged with aggravated robbery and menacing with a deadly weapon. But then her ordeal was far from over. They, because he, the guy was armed with a knife. Even law enforcement said it. But they fired her. So she's suing the, suing the store. Circle K, screw you. You better hire this woman back. Man, of all the gas stations that get trashed during riots and not a Circle K, I'm not condoning that. Don't do it. I just had to get it out of my head, though. Look, I love my dogs so much. And I have my late Louie who is in a box on my fireplace mantle and I am I have a shrine to him. This is a little much though. A heartbroken pet owner got a tattoo and I'm all right with tattoos, but it was crafted with her beloved dog's ashes. It's actually a great tattoo. Her dog Bronson on her arm, but her his ashes are in it. And I'm a germaphobe. That kind of goes a little far from me. Stay with us. We got a lot more in store. Shooting down woke culture, one crazy headline at a time. It's the Dana Show. Do you think that the party, the Democrat Party, has lost touch with Latinos? I will tell you, I have been um, so proud to be here with Latino leaders in Milwaukee talking about the work that we have done as an administration that has been focused on the Latino population. I'm here at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Uh, I've been meeting with students and these Latino leaders, leaders know and have thanked us for the work that we have done to relieve student loan debt. Is it? She didn't say Latinx anymore. Hmm. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon, bottom of our third hour this Monday. You know why? Because now you can't say it anymore. What? Yes, it's true. So this, let me pull this up. I lost it. Here it is. So Salon, that bastion of (sighs) mediocre feces. Here's their new headline, guys. Make note. New rules. New rules today, everybody. Here's the headline. Stop using Latinx if you really want to be inclusive. Literally five seconds ago, they were telling everybody to use it. But now they're saying that you can't say it anymore. Well, Kane. <laughs> just, they literally are figuring it out that Latinx was unpopular. With actual yeah, Latinos. so now they're putting out in the news. Oh well, you can't. This isn't inclusive now. You can't say Latinx. I love how they come out with this headline like they aren't the ones who did it. Right. You guys can't say this word anymore. Who did this? <laughs> who can't? You can't say Latinx anymore. Who did? Who can't? Who did that word? You can't say the word. You did it. You people did it. No, we didn't. It's like that's and then they deny it. 
They they pushed it on you, and now they're coming out like, no, you can't see it anymore. There was never a point in my life where I accepted that. Oh my gosh, all. some of the angriest ever. mail I've ever had from our listeners was on this word. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh, it's funny. They said, uh, in fact, one of the subheads they said that there's low usage. <laughs> A 2021 Gallup poll indicated less than 5% of the population use Latinx as an actual identity. Yeah. And it's all the white academics that are using it. It is. You know what I think it is? Here's my theory. I think it is an attack on the language because of the male and female nouns. That's what I think it is. Just waiting. That's what I mean. That's ultimately what it is. They're 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 gonna go after this. I told you that they were. I called it years ago. They were gonna go after ballet. I called it years ago that they were gonna come after any any of the Latin based languages. They're gonna come after the Romance languages. So yeah, and one of the reasons why 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 are they shifting? Why are they now running from the very thing that they created? It's so interesting. Why? Oh, because they're polling horrifically. Nobody wants, nobody wants Democrats. Democrats are hemorrhaging his, uh, Hispanic and Latino voters. They're hemorrhaging, especially the younger ones, which is very interesting. I think because they see all this stuff because they're on social media and they see it. I think maybe some of the older generations necessarily don't, but they see it. I mean, they spend all their time telling you what you can and can't say while, you know, you're paying a frillion dollars a gallon for gas. And as Kane noted with this Washington Examiner piece, now they're the Biden team is going to shift messaging. You think? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- what are the rules anymore? It's this is they change these every. It's all about controlling the language. You control the language. You control everything. I mean, this is where Orwell warned everybody of this. Warned everybody of this. I'm so glad that our school made. Uh, our kids read Orwell. I'm so happy. I don't know if anybody, if schools still do that anymore. John Hayward had a great thread where he was talking about the primordial beginning of Great Reset authoritarianism. Was deciding that citizens of advanced nations can't control anything. And he gets into, he talks about the border, but he also hits on uh, language as well. A good deal of political correctness, he says, or woke totalitarianism is about preventing dissenters from organizing. True. And controlling their speech so that they cannot message. And that's why you have like the fight over the pronouns and the fight over this and everything. You, 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 then it prevents you from actually expressing contrary opinions on social media. Because you're not speaking right. It's newspeak. Golly, this book is literally a prophecy. 1984 is a prophecy. He says it's, a, it's an effort to engineer the electorate. And I completely agree. I mean, that's, he says that, that people were pushed into no national identity, no borders means no nation, no nations means no restraints on power, no sense of duty to their citizens. Citizens dissenting is citizens interfering is how it's viewed. And it absolutely is. I mean, it's. He says, too, I think this is a great note. 
Years of snowballing arrogance invariably affects opposition, which is desperate for representation and organization. It's Martha Vineyard, Martha's Vineyard times 100,000 every day in border states, but unlike blue enclave elites, they're not allowed to complain or take action. There are more elite consensuses coming our way where, you, where more issues where democracy must supposedly be subverted. Dissent is silenced. And open borders was a successful run. He adds, never surrender the legitimacy of dissent and never allow the political class to rewrite the rules of debate. It is. It's just true. And so this controlling the language is, is about controlling dissent, making it to where you really can't. If words have no meaning and everything is just backwards, men are women, women are men, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. And that's true. It is all about subverting the electorate, not just with speech, but also with the right to assemble. I mean, we talked last week and we played this audio of Thomas Massey. He was in in the January 6th committee. He was asking Representative Raskin why they don't know. Everybody keeps talking about Ray Epps. This is not some kind of crazy, kooky, like far conservative, whatever question. This is a legit question. And I get so ticked off with the way that it's represented. You know, I thought that people were smart and that people liked to You know, I used to, and then I became an adult. When you're a kid, you think that adults are smart. And then as you get older, you realize, no, they're just, you know, there's a lot of stupid people out there who can barely breathe without aid of a post-it note reminder on their bedside table every day. I mean, you just, you sort of recognize it. This is not, it's not uh, a conspiracy theory. And I'm one of the people that's like, on at least on my side in the conservative sphere and on talk radio, I have been one of the furthest away from that. I mean, when I get close to it and start looking at it, I mean, there's some smoke signals there. I'm just saying. And he was asking, why doesn't the DOJ release any information about this guy? You know, this guy was the only guy who was on video. He was on video in the same frame where everybody else in the frame with him was charged. But this guy wasn't. Why? And then there were all of these these things that came out about him having him talking with the FBI, et cetera, et cetera. Don't think that something like this can't happen, especially after 2016 in the FISA court and Fusion GPS, because it has. It's happened before. But see, that's, it's, it's about also tainting everyone and making it to where no one can dissent. No one can have, no one can even organize. No one can assemble. I mean, I, it is, I, I don't know. It's amazing. Amazing to me, the way that all of this, with whether it's, Gender or speech or energy, for instance. Let me pull this headline up. This is important and I wanted to get to it. This is a Reuters piece. So with everything that you've heard with all the farmers in the Netherlands and and ESG and how these, they're they're essentially being told you have to change all the bureaucrats who've never farmed are telling these farmers you have to change the way that you go about farming. And it, it, it halves yields. I mean, it's just disastrous. That's what we saw in Sri Lanka. And you had farmers going out and protesting, etc. Government was trying to even take control of some of these farms. Well, in Switzerland, they actually just voted against Well, they voted to not starve to death. I mean, really. Uh, This was uh, Swiss voters on Sunday rejected a proposal to ban factory farming in a referendum on whether the the wealthy country's strict animal welfare laws need to be tightened yet further. Wealthy country. Look at him hitting them right there. Why does that even need to be said? What 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 news? What how is that newsworthy? Wealthy country. 
oh, it's just a seed there to make you biased against just one word. It's just a little descript right there to make you biased against Switzerland so that you maybe pay less attention or that maybe this is coming from a nefarious place, malicious intent because they're wealthy. Do you see how they do this? It said that they the vote, by the way, was 63% of votes against the proposal. They said that uh, they did not they put a referendum, all this against the proposal, to put a referendum under the Swiss system of direct democracy to make protecting the dignity of farm animals a constitutional requirement. They didn't want to starve to death, so they voted against it. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't want to, because that's exactly what would happen. People who have no idea how to farm are trying to tell people who've had generations of tried and true practice at this. They know what works. The bureaucrats don't. Pretty amazing. But they voted to not starve to death. Yeah, PETA. If PETA was in charge of the world's food supply, sometimes I think PETA works against their messaging more than works for it. And I kind of, I'm like, are you a plant against animal welfare? Like, really, are you? You got to wonder. You got to wonder, really. (sighs) I'm going to have a piece coming up about this as well and looping it in with the new prime minister of Italy because I thought the future was female. Here's a question to think about. Where are the feminists for all of the women of Iran? Hmm? Great question. I mean, you have women. They are protesting. They're furious because a woman was murdered for not wearing a headscarf. Other women who are speaking out about this are being targeted for death. There was a state-mandated head covering. Can't cut your hair, can't uncover your head. And Iranian women have been in the streets. There have been violent protests. An Iranian woman had been detained because she did not wear... She, here's the thing. She was wearing her hijab, but it was too loose. She was wearing it too loosely. The family, the the police said, oh, she died later in police custody. She had a heart attack. Hadn't been harmed. Uh, No. She was killed for not wearing a head covering tight enough. And so now women have been out there in the streets. Have you heard anything about any of this from Hillary Clinton? From Stacey Abrams? Where are these broads at? They've been burning hijabs in, 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 in protest. And... I've hardly heard a peep from the so-called people who sit here and bang the drum for abortion six ways to Sunday. The women here are indulgent, self-serving, navel-gazing, and they're pissed because Daddy Uncle Sam won't pay for their abortion on demand as birth control. Meanwhile, women in Iran are being killed for not covering their hair. You tell me, who who is the elitist here? Tell me who's empowered. Women who are complaining that the government doesn't take care of them enough or women who are in the streets protesting because the government is too much. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern time. Um, The president posting the Atlanta Braves today 
wondering if you or the president has any thoughts about some of the controversial about the team name, the Braves name, the so-called tomahawk shop. Any thoughts on? So look, we we believe that it's important um, to have this conversation. Uh, no, you don't. You know, and uh, and Native American and Indigenous voices, uh, they should be at the center of this conversation. Uh, that is something is so that dumb. the president believes. That's something that this administration believes, and he has consistently emphasized that all people deserve to be treated with dignity. And no, they don't. And I'm so often. done with this garbage. That's Karine Jean-Pierre taking a stupid question about the Atlanta Braves. Welcome back to the show, Dana Lash here. Here's the thing, and I've tweeted out, There's, I have a million resources on this. There's a really good prime, a number of primers out there. These people will virtue signal by pretending to care enough to change a team name, but they don't do anything when it concerns actually making sure that indigenous Americans can own their own property on reservations. Of the 50 million acres of land, on indigenous American reservations, only 5% is actually privately owned. Because, and that's, and then, the, and that's through the, uh, everything else is the titles go through Bureau of Indian Affairs. That's the U.S. government. They own everything else. You want to talk about why poverty is so rampant on reservations? It's because Democrats treat them like the new plantation. Because people can't own their own property. They can't build wealth. And they have the audacity to go out there and act like they give a damn because they're going to virtue signal about a damn team name? Are you kidding me? Why don't you change the construct? You want you people. Democrats love talking about reparations. Where's the reparations then for the land there? Jiminy Christmas. That's why the poverty rate on reservations is double what it is for the rest of the United States. And who put them there, by the way? Oh, the party in power right now. Who kept them there? The party in power right now violated a Supreme Court ruling to do it. Andrew Jackson, the man they all worship. May he rot in peace. That's the thing that should be changed, but it never will be, as long as they're in power. All right, Kane, today in stupidity. All right, our uh, very own president of the United States was out there talking about gas prices being below two ninety nine, even though that none of that is true. One entity decided to fact check him, but this is uh, this is his claim. And in forty one states plus the District of Columbia, the average gasoline price is less than two dollars and ninety nine cents. Yeah. What? Where? No. In no state? In no state in yeah. the union is it that? Nope, not in forty one. Not in any <sighs> president. States. McUnity again. So there it is. Yeah. Yay, let's Yay. go, Brandon. I'll be on with Jesse Waters tonight in his program, the 6 p.m. Central Hour, right? 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, East Coast stuff. So make sure you tune in. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, like and subscribe. Have a great night. I will be back with you tomorrow.